It's Monday. It's June 8th. And the word of the day is ipsodixitism, which means an unfounded, false, and dogmatic assertion. Used in a sentence, ipsodixitisms are like assholes. Everyone's got them, and they're always pulling stuff right out of them. (laughs) Also, from now on, I'm calling Republicans... Ipsodixicrats. <laughs> oh, by the way, for the record, if you have to pull, that is a severe lack of fiber. You should just have to push. I'm No Illusions. <laughs> I'm Heath Enright, and broadcasting delayed from America's far center, we are the Skeptocrats. On this week's episode, Trump will heroically overcome his bone spurs for a walk all the way across the plaza. Disney World uses stormtroopers in riot gear to enforce crowd control because they're tone-deaf idiots. And the Bezos-Musk kerfuffle gets one step closer to the giant mech battle we all know it's going to end in. But first, the rest of the intro music. Joining me for headlines tonight is my fellow skeptic rat, No Illusions, Noah. Is Georgia starting to panic about the lives that might start mattering there? <laughs> starting. <laughs> They've been in fifth gear on that shit since 1865, bro. They almost had to let black people vote last time. It was it was almost. dramatic. Not almost. that close, but well, like no, c- kind of. Some of them, though. In our lead story tonight, Trump was just inspecting the bunker, y'all. He was checking <laughs> to make sure that it would, you know, that it had enough cookies and shit in case he ever was scared and had to go down there, which he was not. Have you seen my good puppets? No, not these. My good puppets. My good ones. I need them down here. Okay, so first things first. I don't give a fuck who the president is, right? Bunch of protesters break the line and get into the fucking grounds of the executive mansion and start scuffling with the Secret Service. You rush the fucking president and his fucking family to the fucking bunker. Right. Barack Obama would have gone to the fucking bunker. Ronald Reagan would have gone to the fucking bunker. Teddy Roosevelt would. You know, what? I feel like two examples is plenty. You, you got the point of what I'm saying. But <laughs> He'd be out front on a horse. Yeah, with a sword. Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. But the point is any modern day president would just go to the fucking bunker. Right. And, and when people read the president was rushed to his bunker the next day, they would think, wow, it must have gotten pretty out of hand there. Not what a pussy. Right. But. This is fucking President Bone Spurs, and his skin is so thin it can be pricked by an insult even when he's under enough concrete to stop a crashing 747. So when <laughs> hashtag Bunker Boy started That's trending. The greatest. I'm his, so fucking happy was, about that. I just I creamed all over everything right after that. Yeah, it was it was rough. It was it was very messy. Um but yeah, so when that started trending on his very favorite social media platform the following day, he concocted this bullshit story about how he was already going to his room anyway <laughs> i chose to shit myself i was i, I, was, I, I was testing something yes, the integrity pass, pass or fail depending um, on how so, you look at it so, so here's the lie straight from trump's puckered face anus on wednesday he told professional sycophant brian kilmeade on fox radio quote they said it would be a good time to go down and take a look because maybe sometime you're going to need it end quote and also described the amount of time that he spent in the bunker as tiny short and little (laughs) of course this excuse is somewhat undercut by the fact that his wife and kid were also moved to the bunker so i guess they were in on that inspection um and also they were there for about an hour so it was pretty thorough and also it was in the evening and it's hard enough to get that motherfucker to do work when the sun is up so now okay so (laughs) we're to believe that trump just toured that bunker by chance at that moment 
and then also played Mad Libs with the Secret Service, during which he needed three adjectives to describe their time together. <laughs> And, and those adjectives were tiny, short, and little. Okay. Yeah, no, he's just got the—he's just really got the one mode. Yeah, things are either big and huge, or short and tiny. Um, and of course, this would be just a silly story about Trump's fragile little ego lashing out again. Except that Trump's response to this slight involved gassing peaceful protesters. <sighs> Right. See, according to multiple media outlets and their sources, it was Trump's anger over all the reports that he was some kind of bunker hiding pansy that led him to want a picture of himself outside of the White House. But because he actually is a bunker hiding pansy, he wasn't going to go far enough away that he couldn't still like see the White House and run there if his mom called. Uh, and he'd be damned if he was going to actually walk near angry people with nothing between him and the crowd except the world's best trained and funded personal security force. Okay, can you green screen black people? Do, do the colors even work for that? Because I, I don't want to go out there, but I would like to make it look like... We can make it look like I'm there next to them, right? So, yeah, to, to anybody who still claims that protests don't accomplish anything or that things like clashing with the Secret Service are counterproductive, I, I, I could point to all the concrete structural changes that have been made in response to riots in the past. I could point to the groundswell of popular support for these protests and the awareness that it's creating across the population. I could point to the fact that as cavalier as we are with the term like America was founded on X, this literally is what America was founded on. Uh, but I don't actually need to do any of that. They made Trump go hide underground for an hour. Right. That's enough. <laughs> Think about all the terrible shit he otherwise would have done with that hour. If the protest accomplished nothing else, they'll have been worth it. <laughs> and while you ponder on that, we'll pause for a quick minute from our first sponsor this week, Policy Genius. Hey, Heath, are you uh, are you going to wear that through the whole record? <laughs> you like it? No. No? Okay. Well, it's my new styrofoam mech suit. It's pretty sweet. I'm impervious to slips, falls, and other common household accidents. I mean, I'm sure it's an ad tie-in, but why are you worried about slips and falls? Well, Noah, to be honest, I neglected to get life insurance before this pandemic broke out, and now I'm pretty sure you can't even get life insurance, so I'm being extra careful until all this blows over. Well, I understand your concern, Heath, but you can buy life insurance during a pandemic. As an insurance marketplace, Policy Genius is in contact with the life insurance companies on their platform every day. They're keeping track of all the changes in the market so you don't have to, which means they can get you covered quickly for the best price. Well, what's pol Wait, okay. Well, you kind of like messed up my. Th you already told me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Policy, Policy Genius compares quotes from the top life insurance policies in one place. It takes just a few minutes to compare quotes from the top insurers to find your best price. This doesn't just save a lot of legwork. You could save $1,500 or more a year by using Policy Genius to compare life insurance policies. Yeah, that's great, but saving legwork would be enough. This suit gets sweaty like super quick i can i can smell that yeah so mm -hmm. if you're one of the many people looking to buy life insurance right now but you're not sure where to start head to policygenius.com policy genius will find you the best rate and handle the process completely they'll get you and your family protected and hopefully give you one last thing to worry about policy genius because big styrofoam suits are sweaty so usually that's a much weirder tagline for them it works this time most of the time it doesn't work And we're back. 
Next up in headlines, the Smeagol of the house just lost his <laughs> precious little office, and I'm pretty fucking happy about it. That's right. Soon-to-be ex-congressman Steve King, a nine-term incumbent, was defeated in the Republican primary in Iowa last week. And just in case anyone hasn't been following the congressional open bigotry standings, which, by the way, is a highly competitive field. Just in case you haven't been following that, Steve King has been holding the number one slot since he first got elected to the U.S. House in 2002. And, and, and Jeff Sessions was in Congress then. Yeah. Je yeah. It's yeah. a lot of competition. Yep. Steve King, by the way, is the guy who described immigrants as mostly drug dealers with, quote, calves the size of cantaloupes hauling marijuana across the desert. Yeah. And unless King's been really pushing hard on leg day, he's going to be unemployed by next year. <laughs> oh, we should we, we should offer him like a really high salary to haul marijuana across the desert. And when he shows up for the interview, we we'll just reject him for having skinny calves. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we're used to working with cantaloupes and above, man. Mm, uh, reject uh. him for affirmative action just to make him extra triggered. <laughs> also. <laughs> and, uh. Here's a few other highlights from Steve King's giant string of hate speech. Uh, sadly, also known as the resume he'll definitely use to get a job at Fox News with no problem and become yep. an analyst after this. I'll start us off with the time he claimed that every single day, 25 Americans are murdered by immigrants. Yeah, what? And if that's true... You got to admire the disciplined structure of that murder campaign, if nothing right? else, right? That's like weirdly <laughs> precise. It must be so hard to coordinate. Yeah, just, okay, I, I did the 24th. We're just one. The, all right, now we're done. We're done. Cut it. Cut it. We're keeping a stat here. Organized. Oh, you got it because because like you got to deal with all the different time zones and shit. Yeah. yeah. No, you're coordinating. It's a whole thing. Yeah. And by the way, <laughs> King referred to that whole claim as, quote, a slow motion holocaust. Jesus exact words. Fucking crazy. And by the way, if you need to know how bullshit that is, that would be like more than half the murders. <laughs> right? So stupid. And it really feels like that slow mo holocaust remark was more of a jealous compliment than anything else because it came from Steve fucking King. Like, there's no way he hasn't run through a slow-mo white genocide with, like, X's and O's on a football analyst chalkboard like ESPN at some point. Jesus no Christ. question. And speaking of holocausts, is a segue into just about anything else that Steve King ever did or said. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to pick one at random. Let's go with that time in 2016 when he became the first American elected official to ever meet with Marine Le Pen. She's the leader of France's uh, euphemism for Nazi party. I don't know. They yep. changed their name a bunch of times, but that's what they are. They're the Nazi party with a different name. And she is now the leader after taking over the reins from her dad, who is very literally a convicted Holocaust denier. Yeah. W way... Way too few degrees of separation between Steve King and Hitler. And you could go a lot of different directions to get there, right? <laughs> so all this absurdly transparent neo-Nazi stuff just kept piling up. And finally, a reporter just asked him directly. I think this was in 2018. A reporter said, hey, just quick question. Are you a fucking white supremacist? And Steve King 
took the fifth on yes. that. Yes. Yeah. Didn't answer. Yeah. He literally responded, I don't answer those questions. Yeah, you you do, though, Steve. When you say, yeah. you, you did, like, that's one of those questions did. where there's, like, no, and then there's not no, and you chose the latter. <laughs> yep. And after each of these horrible things, including, I'm not not a white supremacist. Fifth Amendment. I don't know. Despite all that stuff, Steve King still got reelected every time. He got reelected eight times. So when I heard about the primary loss last week, I thought to myself, wow, okay, Steve King was finally too racist for the Republican Party of Iowa. We found it. We found a line that I wasn't sure existed. We found it. Cool. Now, granted, that's a really sad way to find some kind of positive story in the world right now, but it's something, right? But then I read about the guy who won the primary, and the reality of 2020 set right the fuck back in. Iowa State Senator Randy Feenstra is going to be the GOP candidate in November, and he's basically Steve King, but just better at hiding his armbands. And Feenstra's campaign against King didn't even mention anything like, you know, hey, I'm running against a neo-Nazi, pick me, because that's reasonable. It was all about how King just has no chill and lost his committee assignments. What swayed the people of Iowa's 4th District was Steve King's inefficiency as a neo-Nazi. Yeah, no, it's a out with the old, in with the neo kind of a moment, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So... Now I'm honestly not sure if this is good news or bad news about Steve King losing the primary. The polling says the district is solid red, so it's probably a Christian nationalist Republican bigot either way. But most importantly, Randy Feenstra is very unlikely to pause a congressional hearing and ask the CEO of Google about the details of news alert features on his <laughs> iPhone. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like you haven't even given him a chance, Heath. That was <laughs> my favorite fucking thing. It might still come to that. He, he the CEO of Google came so close to <laughs> laughing. He tried to <laughs> yes. together so hard. Yeah, a Trudeauian pause in there. Yeah, it was. Well, great. we don't make the iPhone, but probably uh, because. You know, you are racist, so if you search for racist in the news, Steve King, yeah, that's why, I'm guessing. It's just just, not our technology. I don't need to be an expert to know this, though. (laughs) And in Don't Give Me a D news tonight, a 23-year-old Virginia man, premature ejaculation joke! Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, I'm not. I don't know why. I I swear, I know it's a cliche, but that has not ever happened to me. But you can listen back over the archives and see that that... Hasn't mm-hmm. happened. If, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll I'll give it another try though. If you're still do, in the do you mood a second? for this, you want you want a second to I, get well, it together? I do. I do. You need me to toss it to the great courses ad? Um, if you could, yeah, I'll, I'll be ready to go in like ninety seconds. <laughs> All right, <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break for one more word from our sponsor, the Great Courses Plus. You know, we love using the Great Courses Plus. It keeps us learning about the world. And right now, they're offering our listeners a free month trial just for signing up at thegreatcoursesplus.com slash skeptocrat. Uh, Okay. You're not going to do like a weird cold open thing where you ask me what I'm doing. Turns out I'm in the middle of doing something wacky. You're just going straight into it. Well... 
I mean, to be fair, Heath, I start conversations like that all the time. That's true. You do. And that's because I've been a hardcore addict of the Great Courses Plus for years. It allows me to listen to great lectures on any subject on any device. But no, a a course is a course, right? Of course, of course. But the Great Courses Plus finds the best lecturers, people chosen not just for their expertise, but for their passion and their skill in communicating. People like Stephen Novella, John McWhorter, Sean Carroll, and they lecture on every subject you can imagine. What about puns? Funny you should ask. Now that I'm taking on more ads with Eli out on paternity leave, I've been listening to their course, The Philosophy of Humor from Stephen Gimbel. Is it working? I mean, the... But Mr. Ed reference was pretty sweet. But yeah, I'm learning a ton. I love the courses where we take a deep intellectual dive into something that I normally don't think to look at from a scientific or philosophical perspective. It's been crazy, informative, and, dare I say, genuinely funny. Should I wait any longer? No, no, you should not. In fact, act now. Start your free month trial at thegreatcoursesplus.com slash skeptocrat. That's thegreatcoursesplus.com slash skeptocrat. The Great Courses Plus. Of all the products we advertise on our show, theirs is the best. (laughs) Should we say that? I'm I'm pretty sure the other advertisers aren't listening to this. Yeah, probably not. It's true. It's great. Great courses at the Great Courses. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Plus. And we're back next up in headlines in Don't Give Me a D News. A 23-year-old Virginia man is in custody after the homemade bomb he intended to use to kill hot girls who wouldn't fuck him blew up prematurely. I, you know, I love it's too this. Easy, like I was right? going to try, I was going to try to like hedge there. No, I love this. Yep, this is yeah. great. So doctors were immediately suspicious when he arrived at the emergency room, claiming that his injuries were from a lawnmower accident because lawnmower accidents rarely include shrapnel wounds all over your face. You ever watch Eli mow the lawn? Well, okay, yeah, but no. (laughs) And I never (laughs) will, and neither have you. Your statement stands. The ER calls the cops, calls the uh, FBI, and they go search the dude's house, uh, which is loaded with A, bomb-making materials, B, signs of an explosion. C, <laughs> chunks of human flesh embedded in the ceiling. And Fantastic. D, a lawn that has not been partially mowed recently. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, also in his grandma's house down the road, they found a note that he wrote about using his homemade bomb to blow up hot cheerleaders at a mall. <laughs> Just being like, dynamite, dynamite. Incels are dynamite. Oh, tick, 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 tick. Boom, dynamite. Come on. No. You got to admit it's pretty funny because you blew yourself up. We made a cheer for you. <laughs> so, no, right. we're not going to fuck you because now so, your face is even worse. It's yeah, fine. right, right. So it's it's not clear that he was anywhere near actualizing his grand incel strategy because there was no nearby mall and none of the stories I've seen identified like a logical target where there's going to be a cheerleader competition or something that he could have been after. Uh, so maybe he was still in the early like learning to make IED phases of domestic terrorism. Still, though... Right, like the note the cops found on the scene included hero worship of another famous incel terrorist, whose name I'm also intentionally leaving out of this story, by the way. Uh, so I'm happy to see this fucker in custody, and I'm not exactly sad to see him get his hands blown off. Why do they make these notes? I don't understand that part. So he wrote well, a note that was like, Dear sex havers. Dear, <laughs> dear feels weird. Okay, not scratch out. To whom it may concern, I'm not just some normal Nazi with a bomb. This is about negging cheerleaders, nailing it. Love. (laughs) Damn it. 
<laughs> Maybe it was dictation, right? No, like it, it was. Um, that was it. That was so much better than what he wrote. It was not even like a note. It was just like a a weird fantasy thing. Anyway, so this story is funny because it's about a guy who never gets laid, going off too early, right? And the only person who got injured really, really deserved it. <laughs> And also because yeah. the guy who defines himself by his inability to get somebody else to yank him off blew off his fucking hand. Um, that's a Come solid on, that's angle, too. too. Right. Yeah. It's right. Funny. But it's also a terrifying. Cheer, you don't have any hands. Right. And the other hand doesn't have fingers. So it's going to be real awkward. He's going to have to give himself elbow jobs or something. Anyway. But it's this. But this represents a terrifying trend. OK. Like self-described incels have been responsible for at least 53 deaths in the last few years. And this idiot was looking to up that total right this trend in homicidal misogyny is being reinforced by all the same factors that reinforce misogyny in our society which is like 84 percent of the things whole bunch of stuff yeah. yeah so we need to be really fucking worried about this we can't count on all of them to blow themselves up although when that happens you can count on us to celebrate it maybe we'll do a cheer we'll come up with a new cheer each time and in white people problems news there is a global pandemic. Our climate is quickly approaching a fire age, I'm pretty sure. And police departments look like sci-fi rollerblade lynch mobs. <laughs> yeah. So naturally, billionaires who can really make a difference, like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, are spending their time fighting on Twitter about rockets and ebooks. Yeah. That's what but, they're doing. Well, I mean, cost-benefit analysis. It's cheaper to get the fuck off of Earth and start over with a few good books than it would be to fix it. I hardly blame them at this point. <laughs> yeah. So, apparently these guys have been embroiled in a weird rich guy feud for a while now. Musk, obviously, as you know, started an electric car company. And then Bezos started an electric car company. Musk started a rocket company. And then Bezos did the same thing again. I think for spite, Musk said the coronavirus is no big deal and reopened his factories. And then, well, that was just Musk. He's yeah, Bezos super dumb for a smart person. Oh, I'm sorry. I Horrible. have yet to see a single lick of fucking evidence of him being a smart person. Yeah. And anyway, the latest attack in their little battle was a tweet from Musk last week calling for Amazon to get disbanded. It basically said, okay, libertarian timeout. The U.S. government should cancel Amazon. Okay, time in. Yeah, well, okay, but, you know, the fucking broken clock can be right a lot more often if it can afford to travel between time zones so much. <laughs> yeah, so here's the exact tweet. Quote, time to break up Amazon. Monopolies are wrong. And that's actually a pretty reasonable thing to consider. Amazon has a giant share of the market. And they've been caught using data from third-party sellers on their platform to create their own products at the ideal price to stifle competition. And it looks like they're selling lots of things below cost, taking a loss, and doing all that just to edge out everyone else and build a monopoly. Again, all good reasons to investigate Amazon. Also... One other thing, if there's anything in your employee handbook about urine buckets, I feel like we just get to automatically nationalize your thing. That's just well, new rule. Okay, but but let's let's clarify here. We exclude handbooks that spell out all the reasons that you can't use one during a record, Eli, um, or this could bite us in the ass. So you, if, if, if it's pro-urine buckets, then yeah. you need to nationalize your Sadly, thing. that's not just a pee bucket. So, yeah, Amazon's 
a terrible company in a bunch of different ways. But here's the thing. When you're a billionaire who has a near monopoly, it's hard to take it seriously when you complain about another billionaire who has a near monopoly. But most importantly, none of that is why Elon Musk wrote the tweet. He got angry because of a coronavirus conspiracy book getting rejected by Amazon's ebook department, which might be the dumbest possible reason to criticize Amazon. Especially when it turns out the book actually did get published on their site. The initial rejection got reversed. It was like a mistake, I guess. Okay, well, then, but then now that's a good reason to criticize him, right? Now it's a great reason, yeah, okay, all but right, Elon yeah. Musk doesn't know that, didn't know that at the time, and he's stupid, so he thinks the opposite about what we're talking about. Anyway, one other detail that I want to complain about here. I read this story in the fucking Wall Street Journal where they're clearly desperate for Anything in the news that's not related to centuries of oppression carried out by their exact readership. So on top of everything else, fuck you, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, for making me read an article in the Wall Street Journal. Right. It's so obnoxious. Every time they mention a company in any of their articles, they put its daily change in stock price in parentheses right after the name. Like, Like, that's the purpose of commerce, like a fucking baseball box score for obnoxious rich people. Instead of stock price movement, this is how they should do it. I want to see the effective tax rate of every <laughs> company next to their name. For Amazon, by the way, over the last three years, that number would have been zero, zero, and 1.2%. Wow. That is a good reason for Amazon to get canceled. So one more new rule. If the percentage of your workforce living below the poverty line is higher than your effective tax rate as a corporation, <laughs> you're fucking canceled. <laughs> now, that one, I got. I have no stipulations for that one. Yeah, I'm all in. And in diseasey does it news tonight, uh, given all the shit that's going on in the country at the moment and given how long we've been listening to that same blaring alarm in the background, it can be easy to lose sight of the fact that there's still a deadly disease killing the fuck out of us. And while U.S. deaths have decreased considerably since their peak in in early May, it's still taking nearly a thousand Americans a day that we know of, which is like double the number that die of car accidents. Like if it just stayed at its current mortality rate from January 1st to December 31st, it would be the third leading cause of death after heart disease and cancer. Uh, And there is, by the way, no indication that it is decreasing. In fact, as predicted by every fucking person who bothered to do a math, it's actually doing the opposite. Okay, well, you have your math, and the White House has its own alternative math, Noah. Don't be a bigot. I don't even think they're bothering with alternative math anymore. So, right, so lately we've been seeing a lot of headlines that are try- like desperately trying to tie the reverse in this mortality trend to the ongoing protests over the police killing of George Floyd. And to be clear, nope. yeah, that's demonstrable fucking bullshit. Right, Floyd was murdered on Memorial Day. The protest started the day after that. That's May 26th. That is less than two weeks ago as of this episode airing. Given the virus's incubation period and the length of time it takes to kill a vulnerable host, there is no goddamn way that protests that started the Tuesday before last could have any effect whatsoever on Florida's COVID-19 death rate today. To find the culprit for that spike, you have to look back to late April, early May, right? About the time that Florida reopened their goddamn beaches. Huh. Also about the time the fucking neighboring state of Georgia reopened basically all of its shit and also not coincidentally about the time all the epidemiologists and experts and shit were saying well that's gonna cause a big spike of deaths in june 
This is ridiculous. We're a country of idiots, and we're all stuck inside an episode of the pre-taped call-in show. And these people don't even know what that means. It's the greatest fucking sketch ever. If you it is, seen if it. you've it's not seen show. that, yeah, Google the so pre-tape call-in show. Good. It's fucking hilarious. That's where we're still. Like, if you wanted to talk about the cause of coronavirus deaths in June, you should have called last month when we were taping our show about why the fuck is nobody talking about Breonna Taylor? We're on a delay. Yeah, we're on a delay. Right. Okay. So, but to be clear, there will be a big spike in coronavirus cases coming from these protests, almost certainly. Like. How could there possibly not be? Um, of course, institutionalized racism is far deadlier, and there's nobody hard at work concocting a vaccine for that one, right? And it's not like you can just reschedule your society-wide uprising of indignation for a more convenient day. But that inevitable spike is still something that we have to look forward to in 2020. Yeah, this hoax is getting fucking tricky. Yeah, but it is making okay, Trump look bad, though. We're on a delay now. When who, when do we kill the people and do the false flag thing? I don't. I don't. We're gonna get it wrong. I know the final stupid. step is profit. All the other ones we haven't worked out just yet. <laughs> um, and look, this is an America centric show by design, but we do have a lot of UK listeners, and I wanted to acknowledge th that their response to the co coronavirus has somehow, against all odds, been even worse than ours. We're not last. Yeah, well, We're so they have a last. fifth of our population and like a third of our COVID nineteen deaths, with a death toll surpassing forty thousand late last week. Now, granted, all their people are crammed into an area the size of fucking Michigan, right? That makes it a lot tougher. But I wanted to point it out just to highlight the fact that Trump still isn't even the best at being the worst. <laughs> That's how bad you suck, Bunker Boy. <laughs> and finally tonight. In JRR token gestures news, hmm. right now is a really stupid moment for government leaders to be making token gestures that signal support for the Black Lives Matter movement, but don't really accomplish anything of substance. But that's exactly what we're seeing a lot of recently. And that includes the giant mural along 16th Street in Washington, D.C. that says Black Lives Matter in giant letters. Now, it's obviously a positive message. I enjoyed seeing that and hearing about it. And it's infuriating to Donald Trump, who lives right next to it, which is great. But I'm pretty sure the list of demands from this protest wouldn't mention anything about better street art to mitigate murder by police. No, that's fair. But I mean, but like, honestly, though, if they thought of it, they might they might attack this particular street art on at the end. Right. Like, that's pretty that's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, it's enormous. I like like I like it, but. Yeah, probably not one of their top demands. No. So the street mural was unveiled last week by D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser, a woman of color who certainly deserves credit for a number of things, including telling Trump to get his militarized troops the fuck out of her city. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to work, but she's no, trying. No, it, it, it looks like it looks like they were withdrawing them as of. Uh, as of today, that story broke. Okay, so. good to hear. There's uh, some amount of success there. And uh, of course, you know what? The, everybody's going to be listening to this by Monday and, and no, he'll have reversed that because it'll look like he backed down by. So who the fuck knows? Yeah. Yeah. And either way, it's, it's clear that she had nothing but good intentions here. The site was chosen to be exactly where Trump tear gassed a protest so he could pretend he's not scared by giving a speech and also failing to successfully hold a book. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to repeat that. The president of the United States failed at the act of holding a book. It I didn't think that was possible. Upside but down. He did. Even after at the end, after he did all the shifting, it was still upside down and backwards. <laughs> <laughs> so in addition to the painting, that square 
has now been renamed Black Lives Matter Plaza. Again, great message. But the DC chapter of the Black Lives Matter Global Network immediately criticized the display, calling it, quote, a performative distraction from real policy changes to appease white liberals while ignoring our demands, which I think is a really good point. Well, well, if white liberals required any appeasement to ignore the demands of Black Lives Matter activists, it would be anyway. <laughs> I mean, I, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, it feels like we've been doing a bang up job at that for years without renaming any plazas. So that's kind of our thing. Yeah. yeah, we also got a bunch of other symbolic gestures that might seem, again, like a positive thing, but it's actually embarrassing that these things haven't happened already. So it's a negative in that sense. For example. The U.S. Marine Corps decided last week to ban the display of the Confederate flag, including on bumper stickers and coffee cups. Now, you might be wondering, why the fuck were they allowing American soldiers to display the flag of a hostile foreign power that we had to beat in a war? Well, great question. I don't even know what the answer is. The Marine Corps was just like, okay, no more swastikas. We're woke. Nailed it. Yeah, that's what happened. Some guy in the back is like, hey, are we still going to just kill brown people, though, pretty much? Dave, you're fucking up our thing, man. Shut up. We're going to do what we're going to do. God damn it. Just get a new coffee cup. And (laughs) one other example of this toothless response came from Virginia Governor Ralph Northam, who called for the removal of Confederate statues from the state capital of Richmond. Obviously, that's good. But again, so fucking late. And here's the headline on that with a little more context. Governor who got caught wearing blackface responds to the murder of George Floyd with a sculpture-based remedy. All right, white people, listen up. I I, I know I don't I don't come to the meetings and stuff, so maybe I should like I I, I know this is probably out of line, but for fuck's sake, all of our solutions seem to start with. Okay, we're still going to kill you with police brutality at a disproportionately high rate, but, and I'd love it if none of them did, right? Instead of all of them. I don't think there's a good enough end to that sentence to go with the beginning. You can't get out of that. You dug yourself into too big of a hole. It's impossible. So bottom line, none of these responses are... We're aggressively purging the police force of bigots now and prosecuting them ding, for their ding, behaviors. Ding. Yeah, that's the big one, right. Which is pretty much the whole fucking point. Do the art stuff later. Like, art is good, but f- figure that out later. Do what I just said now. Every governor and mayor and government leader of all types, they all need to be announcing a team of independent oversight people that just got hired. The Internal Affairs Department obviously isn't good enough. We need... Right external internal affairs and they need to be fucking invasive like (laughs) colonoscopy aggressively invasive yeah right and and you know what barring that we just want to be able to shove stuff in cops asses okay so like one or the other you pick but seriously though like if we want this to be more than a two-week news story and a subject for the citation needed of the future we need this momentum to last five more months people five more months longer after that but yeah Well, yeah, and then the rest of our lives, too, but at least five months. (sighs) And on that note, we're going to close it out. Thanks to No Illusions, and thanks to all the listeners who liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening, and please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like Shannon... Zane, Derek, Celie, Princess Buttercup, 
Freethinker215 and Hans Molman support Pennsylvania non-believers, Jim and Doom, whose beautiful genitals gave their compliments away to support the Black Lives Matter cause this week and going forward. You can help out by donating to their global network and especially right now by supporting bail funds. We'll put some links in the show notes so you can check out some good places to go to make some very useful donations. And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge, check out our brother and sister shows, The Scathing Atheist, God Awful Movies, D&D Minus, and Citation Needed, available on Apple Music, Stitcher, all those other podcast apps, or the deep web. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penis. Special thanks to Ryan Slonick of Evil Giraffes on Mars. He's the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with his permission. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide or by Googling the only band called Evil Giraffes on Mars. Until next time, Black Lives Fucking Matter. Have you have you changed your, your Alpine fuck yurt? No. You're still in the... You're still in the year. I like that. Okay. You can I, switch it around though in the settings. Yeah, yeah. I, I just switched to Space Station, which is the new one. Oh, all uh, right. Which is pretty fucking sweet. It looks like I believe I'm 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 floating over Mars. Um, there's like Winter Lodge, which is pretty fucking cool. I, I, that's the the only one that I, I've, I've actually changed it to is the Space Station. So I just saw what else was there. I didn't actually look at all of them because you have to download it. But okay, mine feels like a Winter Lodge. That's also an alpine fuck. Yeah, that, I think this maybe one is more like looks like thing. a Germanic, you know, like castle kind of thing. Yeah, and then there's just the, this weird modern home one. And I'm just like, who wants that? Who like who goes to fucking virtual reality for you know house? It just blew me away. You know, like I'm like, okay, I could go space station, or I could go like German castle, or I could go alpine fuck yurt, or I could go. Or- Split level suburbia. Yeah, cool. right. Okay. All right. Well then, that was a landing. <laughs> I'm gonna put my shoes here. <laughs> we could do so much with this yard. We'll, a gazebo, or maybe a well, not that much. But yeah, well, yeah, pergola. Like a, well, not a gazebo, like, but a pergola, like maybe. badminton. Um, mm. Nerf. <laughs> The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.